Hey everybody, welcome to Workforce Gaming. I am Brad, here with Doug. Hey! Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is the actual mm -hmm. fourth game in the Xenoblade Chronicles series, which is really, it seems like it's been around forever in my mind, but it's only about 10 years old. Uh, started out on the Wii and has just kind of slowly made its way, kind of had this resurgence on Switch over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. This is, in my mind, becoming Final Fantasy level jrpgs <laughs> i'm very happy for you i'm glad i'm glad you're excited about this series <laughs> xenoblade chronicles 3 is arguably one of if not the best jrpgs in my mind i absolutely love this game it is so good so good so just to kind of point out where we're at i have finished xenoblade chronicles 3 got credits a few hours ago um doug is about halfway ish through it yeah so i'm about i, I my, my hour count is about 30 and, and so far doug i think it's <laughs> keep going sorry you go doug, doug has no experience with xenoblade and purely bought no. this because i didn't shut up about it for about two weeks straight after release date happened yeah um and now he's playing it because i repeatedly told him oh my god this is the greatest thing ever and i love this so much yeah and th there's a lot of people like in the setup was really kind of neat i kept hearing more and more with the story but yeah you would just not shut up about it and just like <laughs> i wouldn't show about relin ring you wouldn't go went out and purchase that and played through that didn't you? <laughs> i'm kidding anyway <laughs> don't need to get into that um i do want to start with this story because i do think that's kind of the hook with this and that's really the hook yeah. that got into me first so um the xenoblade chronicles series are loosely related mm -hmm. games in a trilogy it's technically a trilogy x is kind of its own weird deal off to the side um but one two and three are all part of a trilogy however you do not need any context from the other two to play this one mm -hmm. um i don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say 99 percent of any relation to those other ones are weird cameos hints at things stuff like that there's no ever moment where you're sitting there going like this probably would make sense if i played the other two yeah that was my big that was my big concern and like thankfully so far like what i've played it's like it's all been very very much in universe like all the characters how they've introduced them it's like the stories related to the people i've been introduced to not to like oh you should know this guy kind of thing which i that i really did that that was my biggest actually was my biggest concern why it took me a while to buy it it's mm -hmm. like third game in a jrpg series you out of your mind gonna... <laughs> <laughs> you only got like 150 hours before you get to this yeah. one. but no it's i really like the way that this one handles it because it does so much alluding to it but the way that the story plays out and um we'll talk story in just a second but mm -hmm. especially by the time you get to the end it's able to do things with those prior two games that are very, very incredibly meaningful to somebody like me who's played those other ones. Yeah. But again, perspectives are always different. But from my perspective, are just that knowledge is completely irrelevant to the core story of Xenoblade Three. If you want to know this bigger picture mm -hmm. of the world that Xenoblade is in chronic, er, Xenoblade is in chronicling is encompassing. <laughs> then yeah, you need to play one and two. But the specific plot line, the specific things happening in Xenoblade Three are completely and totally independent of everything else. Yeah, which I think yeah. is and, and again, it's just I think it has enough to kind of satisfy both. But to get to the story, I love the way that this game builds the story. So mm -hmm. essentially, and again, this is a, I think my final time, I think I clocked in about 56, 57 hours. So this is a big game. I'm going to say fair warning in a 58 hour game. I feel like the first 
five to ten hours are fairly fair game to discuss because otherwise like <laughs> sure yeah yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, we're that's talking fair. about the tutorial I should, you know, the thing the thing that i am kind of bummed about is that the first five hours that people are talking you're about to talk about i think is super super cool setup it is and then they do some kind of really interesting idea uh-huh. with that setup and then then it's then that then, then then it just kind of floats on by for another 10, 15 hours after that. <laughs> I, I, will, I will argue against that, back, and we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. So the, that, that initial 5 to 10 hour period, and this is what the game was sold on. If you watch the Nintendo Direct, you watch the trailers, mm-hmm. it was sold on this concept of these characters who have 10 years to live, constantly needing to fight these two sides. And essentially, the reasoning for the need to fight is that you have these things called flame clocks. And if your flame clock goes out, you die. Mm-hmm. Killing other people refills your flame clock. Mm-hmm. So it basically causes this endless war that's happening there. And then that, of course, has a whole bunch of connections 50 hours later. But in the moment, it's just this very interesting world. And I think as you go through those first even 20 to 30 hours, just discovering this world is so cool because mm-hmm. everything's built in colonies. There are clearly only these two factions. Everything is based on, well, we're going to go kill them. And that is everything. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I like the I like the colonies also had like gigantic mech, like the flame yeah. clock that everybody's connected to is like a huge like I don't know like twenty story tall mech thing. So these two giant mechs come out in the battlefields with their flame clocks, and then um, it's really interesting. It's a T rated game, and I do wonder. As part of me, I kept thinking during some of the battle scenes, like this might have been more interesting as an M rated game because it's like weirdly violent. And then yeah. when people die, they spray red spirits all over the place. <laughs> Yeah. So um, yeah. So there's a lot to do with like how death is encompassed in this because you only get your ten years, and once you hit the tenth year, you go to your thing called the homecoming, which is like yeah. this very like '70s sci-fi sacrificial type <laughs> yeah. feeling where it's just like, all right, and they're gonna go return, and everything's you return to the queen when you're done, yeah. and the queen runs this whole thing. So when you die. You get off seed, and then all of your spirit goes, and you return to the queen. And when you go to your homecoming, you return to the queen, but you are like the one who makes it ten years, and they make this huge deal yeah. that not many people are able to make it because it's basically living in a constant battle for ten years. Yeah, it's it's neat. It's like a it's like a weird mix of like Logan's Run and then like Starship Troopers and yeah. like, a, like a lot of like a lot of interesting little sci fi things before it becomes a fantasy game. I guess it's like, yeah. it feels very sci fi, uh, which and, I thought was, which is which is interesting. And again, to get, and I'll, I'll kind of speak gen- generally about the larger scope of the story. It is very sci fi at the beginning and then does delve into this long fantasy of like, okay, like we've got to go and there's a giant sword in the middle of the world and we've got to get to the sword and there's these mythical things that may be happening there and we got to kind of piece together what's going on because um, essentially, again, about 10 hours in, a lot of what you've learned up to that point about this world starts to kind of get deconstructed in different ways. And it's really yeah, interesting really like the that, way the yeah. game that pre- the game spends so much time presenting this world to you for like five to ten hours, and then literally there's just this hard turn where it's like, "Fuck that! That's not what's going on at all, guys." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and the rest and then of the game the is kind of, of the game, and yeah. then that's where you kick in the main plot. So I will say yeah. that it gets back to kind of that almost hard sci-fi at the end. It's a very weird little yeah. like bow in the middle where it's like into like high fantasy adventuring across this like <laughs> yeah. unknown lands, and then all of a sudden it's like boom, sci-fi again. So. Because the main thing with this is it's all this world. It's all how these characters are interacting with this world. And there's some lot of really weird things going on with this world. Um, the main but, bad guys in this yeah. 
are Mobius. Mm-hmm. Who are these weird dudes in like weird red armor <laughs> who kind of come and go in and out of the story. My first thought is the the closest comparison is Organization 13 from Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, they're all very snarky. Like, like yep. ah, ha, ha. they do a lot of like, it's really weird. They seem like very traditional JRPG villains, but like SNES villains of like, I'm going to make them whatever. It's It's just, it's really, it was interesting how purposefully cartoony those villains felt yep but it was kind of fun playing with those villains when they popped up because they um whenever one of those guys showed up they did a lot of like shit talking which was kind of it the way they they talk to the main characters the main characters are on their jrpg adventure all of a sudden you have this like character coming in like start shit talking them which just felt very it felt like uh it kind of broke the tone, which I really did enjoy whenever one of those characters sh- popped up because they weren't taking the situation serious. Mm-hmm. Like the main character, make the main cast were, um, I just, they were, they were, they were kind of fun villains and they, it felt very Mega Man when they show like, and here's your bosses <laughs> yeah. whenever they were in a room together. Yeah. I'm, I'm really struggling. Cause there's so many things I want to discuss with you about this that are like huge spoilers for later on in the game was like the way that you're describing things. It's, it's, and that's, I think what really, really sells me so much on this game is, mm-hmm. By the time you're done, and as you go through, you have such a different perspective on every character, everything in this world, the way everything is handled. These villains being cartoony and goofy and blah, ha, 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 ha. And it just kind of seems out of place. By the time you get to the end, you're like kind of realizing like, okay, there's a very specific reason why these characters act that way. And just, it, yeah, it's just, it, it's. it's- so much when you get to the end that I just want to like just want to tell you right <laughs> we'll now. Sp- it's so cool. I guess we'll, we'll probably do a spoiler. Ca- we'll probably do a spoiler. Cast. The thing I fun. did, the thing I did like is that it did feel like it was making um, big reveals all the time. Where yep. like it felt like the big reveals did completely change the tra- trajectory of the story that you were on. Um, and it's like it felt. I, I do like those scenes. I think the thing that I'm kind of struggling with the game is that. I have a lot to struggle with. Maybe we'll talk about the combat. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get there. We'll get there. Well, but I, I guess I guess the thing is, you you don't watch a lot of anime, which no. I think is kind of important in the conversation. So a lot <laughs> of these, <laughs> a lot of these things that um that are kind of neat, I feel like I've seen in others. And I don't watch a lot of anime. I do watch anime occasionally, but I don't watch like a ton. But there's like a lot of cool things they're doing here where I felt like, oh, I've seen that in this. Oh, I've seen that in this. Like, because we were talking about the opening, it's like very Starship Trooper, it's very Logan's Run. Yeah. But then they do some other stuff that's like very anime. So it, it felt like I was waiting for what made this game unique. And I haven't found it yet. And that doesn't mean it's not there. Interesting. But being like 30 hours in, I feel like I haven't found the thing that makes this game unique from a plot perspective i mean the 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 thing is like it is interesting like when they really keep revealing like a new plot piece Mm -hmm. but it felt like the time in between like the big twist was just like a lot of like "Eh, it's fine and they'd be like oh that's an interesting big twist and it's like okay now it's like five six hours of fine and then it's like oh the big twist i mean the characters didn't really draw me and i think that might be a part of it so so okay so a couple other so because that was where I was going to go to next was the characters. I do think that part of that is just like knowing what you're getting into when you're getting into these 50 hour plus JRPGs <laughs> that like, yeah, it's, it's not going to be like just boom, 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 boom thing. Some of it is just no. kind of living in with these characters and seeing the way these characters interact and seeing how these characters react and grow together. Um, Cause I do think that's another interesting piece of this game is in a traditional JRPG, you know, you start your lone hero and maybe your best friend and then that, you gain yeah. somebody, you gain somebody, you gain somebody. I think it's maybe what, 
three or four hours in, you have your team and you are done. Yes. You are I thought that in. was cool. I thought that was neat. I thought that was very neat that you said they, yes, that, that is a cool idea. And, and for the entirety of that game, those are your six and yeah. those six grow together. They see these things together. And again, with these two competing sides, the way they come together is it's three from each. It's three from one side, three from the other side, and basically this weird event happens where they become Ouroboros, which we'll talk about when we get into combat a little bit more. Um, This kind of special weird power that helps them understand the nature of the flame clocks and what's going on in this world. That happens, and then they are basically the six people in the world with this power. And that brings them all together, and from then on, they are there. And it's just this weird dynamic because a lot of times I feel like in JRPGs you get like, the character from 10 hours in has nothing to do 25 hours in after that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and they're just like, That's a good point. I'm That's tagging really along because cloud's cool. So like, yeah. I guess I'm with cloud. Like yeah. you get kind of that sense from two or three characters because these characters are all invested. They're all there from the start. They all have that same driving motivation the entire way through. I think the problem I had with it, with the, with, well, I think that's a really cool idea. I think all the characters came from exactly the same place. They even talk about how, like, True. oh, we are the same on competing sides. So it didn't feel like immediately all the characters had, like, their own uniquenesses or quirks because mm-hmm. they are all fighters who all believe in this 10-year system, who all believe in this fighting to kill each other, all believe in the flame clock. So it felt like everybody kind of started at the same spot. And it was hard to fit. And then, then as the story went on, it's like, okay, here's what makes this character unique. Here's what makes this character yeah. unique. And it, it, that's, I think that, I think that was the thing that I was struggling with was like, because when you play like a Persona game or something like that, like that, like that character comes in all of a sudden, like they're like really big personality, really big this, and here's what makes me unique. And then yeah, this or one, they're, be- yeah. Or they're showing opposite sides of the world. Like, cause the kind of the complete opposite of that is like, um, was it Riku and Waka in Final Fantasy X, where sure. it's, yeah, yeah, sure. I, I am hardcore a part of this religious belief, and I think this religious belief is a whole bunch of bullshit, mm-hmm. and how when she comes in, it brings us, it changes the party dynamic, and it changes characters. You don't quite get yes. that here, because you've seen that straight all the way through. Yeah, and they, and they, and they agree pretty quickly that, like, ah, we're very similar, just on different sides. Yes, <laughs> that is true. Um, they, they do come yeah. to the, yeah, everybody's cool, <laughs> real quick. Like pretty early, and that, I think that's—I think that was the thing that I was kind of struggling with with the characters not immediately grabbing. I will say I did enjoy the character design, so far more than, than I did Xenoblade Chronicles too. They did a very good improvement on that. <laughs> there, there are a lot of things that do better in Xenoblade Chronicles too. Like it's weird to me because I absolutely love Xenoblade Chronicles too. Like I would say, like I—I I would say again, it's one of the better JRPGs I've played, and it is by far the weakest of the series, notwithstanding yeah. X, which I never actually made it all the way through. Um, but of the three, it's for sure the weakest of the three, and I would still consider it probably a top 10, 15 JRPG of all time. Anyway. <laughs> um, and then the neat thing that they do to kind of... But I do think the the extra character, your seventh character... Sure. that's. I do yes, think that, that, that they use that to kind of break it up, and that's where you get these outside perspectives, whether it's... who I'm trying to remember which ones were early on, and I don't want to say things that are going to spoil it for you. I mean, people, I can say but, the ones that are early on. <laughs> okay, yeah, go um, for it. Yeah, like... like they'll, they'll do, um, they'll do like, people who are higher ranking in either of the armies that you've convinced yes. to come to your side. Um, so I did... I did, And those individual missions were neat, because you get these kind of, like, bonus guest character, and you get to these cool side missions. And I felt like... It almost felt like they gave the bonus character more personality than they did my main group, because they, they don't have <laughs> as much time 
to say yeah. why this character is cool. Like, here's a cool cutscene with this character. He does cool fighting stuff. And here's why he's important. <laughs> and then they only have, like, you know, a half hour, to, they get 10, 15 minutes to, like, get all that character in. So I, so I really did like those sort of side stories of those hero characters. And I do agree that, that that's more where you're I think those hero missions where where they're filling out the world a little bit more for me and kind of like, here's these sides aren't exactly the same. Here's what makes their cultures unique in different yeah. ways. Uh, that that's that. Yeah, that's a good point. That's what that's and, where they and, sort of explore that stuff. And even each specific colony, because every colony you kind of come to, cause you come to a lot of them. And part of the game is finding the col- different colonies around the world. They yeah. all have their own individual thing because each, each colony has a leader and then one Mobius person. What they call them yeah. a council um, who kind of runs that colony completely independent of everything else. So it really mm-hmm. sets up each colony to be unique, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, you brought up hero missions, which are where the new characters come in. And those are kind of built up like they are pretty much the same level of intrigue as the main story. They're always yeah, really well really done. Surprised. Yeah. They dive into really interesting things. They have some of them have weirdly important meaning to the story where it's like, I, I, I feel like I would have missed something if I didn't play this. <laughs> yeah. They didn't feel like, I mean, like when you think side missions, there's like, when you think side missions, you usually think there's sort of a, not lower quality or lower effort, but just not as much, maybe effort. I don't know. Maybe it's just, it's just the B it's like, it's, a, it's, you have your A and then you have your B or maybe C for side missions, but this is like, yeah. Oh no, this is like the same quality as like the main. It's A and A minus. It's A and yeah, A minus. Yes. Here. Yeah, you exactly. don't even get down to B. Yeah. Um, but those are all really cool. Um, each character, each one of the side characters get two, so there's a bunch of them. Um, and then the one thing I did find actually find interesting was with side quests was the way that you start side quests, like the more traditional side quests, because sure. you'll just be walking yeah. around and you overhear a conversation mm-hmm. and what it'll say is like, oh, we should discuss this as a group. Yeah. And then you'll go back to like your campfire and you discuss it and then they'll be like, all right, well, you know what? That is interesting. We should go help those people. And your characters yeah. kind of come to this agreement that they're going to help it. it it still doesn't help the fact that most of them are like, go get me six berries. Yeah. But like it, <laughs> at least it, it contextualize them a little bit better where like your characters have mm. sat down and have this conversation that like, Hey, random stranger, how can I help you? Six berries. I'd love to, you do get that one little extra piece there. And I thought that that was at least interestingly, interesting enough for me, at least want to hear out some of these things when you hear a strange request or you hear sure. a strange thing that I'd at least want to, I'd at least want to go like hear my, group's opinion on them i just still don't want to go get your six berries but at least want to hear what my people think about it i think sometimes when i was doing side missions i was doing the ones um i've been trying to do this with more games lately is like how would the characters like how would they feel about this side mission like maybe they don't really care about fixing a cantina but maybe there's a missing character that okay maybe they would actually do that so that, that's kind of how i've been picking side missions like mm-hmm. if someone needs to go get berries picked i'm like and they can get their own berries but if my characters <laughs> like, but if my characters feel like something's important it's like okay maybe i'll go do that um i do think from from what i understand both of us before we play this game we had heard that's 150 hours long it yeah. does and it's not you i mean you said you made it in 60 50 it 55 does, 60 it feels like there's a lot of padding with those side missions like Oh yeah, I would. A hero missions awesome. Hero missions amazing. Side missions are like, I I would like they're not even JRPG. They're they're very specifically like MMO side missions. Yep. Um, which I cannot stand. (laughs) Yes, and and again, if you're trying to get to that 150, there's enough stuff because I mean, and I don't know if you discover them through other side missions, but there's a lot of just like you stumble upon a colony and then that colony has eight side missions in it, and there's a couple colonies that you might not have ever even got to. Um, there are heroes that you don't get unless you do specific things. 
There are they're called Pharonises that you can go find and reactivate that give you different items and yeah. things. And there's a whole bunch of those. So there is there is for sure stuff to get you that 150. And this world is gigantic. It yeah. is huge. And you're not even to the biggest part yet. There's one part where you get a boat and it just opens up like a gigantic ass space with full of islands. Did you like did you like the size of the game? Because I felt like I felt like the mechanics didn't justify the size because so far where I am again, speaking 30 hours in. <laughs> um, whenever I was exploring an area, anywhere I would go to would only have like three different types of things you could find, like, yeah. like dead bodies, um, which is important, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, or like two different types of chests. And that yeah. was it. And that was the thing that was kind of frustrating. Cause like, I felt like when I was like exploring, like I was exploring not for like going on an adventure, but it's like, I'm going to hit one of these three things at the end of this tunnel or the end of this thing does that change at all or is it because that, that that's the xenoblade thing oh, okay because that, that kind of bugged me because i felt like these worlds were not they felt they felt interesting and in how big they were it has some like really cool vistas but i didn't feel like the mechanics mm-hmm. justified the size of them does that make sense? one one of them actually had like vista points where it's like you could look out and see i think it was might have been i don't remember if it's two, one or two but one of them has yeah. that where it's like oh like you collect the vista like the scenery points oh sure sure, sure. um but yeah, I, and and again, I think that's I'm used to the size of the world. I kind of knew what I was getting into because they've yeah. they've definitely scaled up since the first one. So mm-hmm. it's like okay, you kind of get the bigger, bigger, bigger feel. Um, but it doesn't really. I mean, again, at this point, having played some, having played all of them, it didn't didn't even register to me. So I think that's oh, okay. a that's a where you jumped in point. Yeah, it just it just felt like it felt like the most empty open world I've played. Does that make sense? It's not open because yeah. they're big zones. They're big I zones, mean, but just it just didn't feel like there's a lot going on in them. There's a lot of monsters, yeah. And then there's like a few chests strewn about, yeah. But like I was like, I, that doesn't justify me walking five minutes to go find this chest when I could walk another five minutes that way and find a very similar chest. I will give you that. Yeah, the world. Yeah. The, it is one of those world is big for big sake. And again, I think yeah. I, I would love to see what Monolith Soft could do with like a PS5 game because I do think some of that is also <laughs> yeah. hampered by the fact that this thing is ridiculously good looking and running on switch and you can yeah. definitely see some hiccups you can definitely see some technical oh, yeah. stuff here and there and it's one of those things where it's like in order to get the scale that we want we had to we had to clear some stuff out guys <laughs> like that's a good point. let's just yeah, let's yeah. just be honest on how tech works like we can get the scale or we can get the stuff we want scale not stuff so yeah i i will give you that one so i think that's that's part there uh kind of the last part here the gameplay combat good lord of course where you end um <laughs> based on your 30 hours and the, the the messages you sent me this is where doug's hiccups begin um so yeah, yeah. i thoroughly enjoy the combat i think it is mm-hmm. it is something that takes a lot of pre-planning there's lots of ways to play with it um mm-hmm. one of the things i specifically want to talk about before we get into your complaints is how it <laughs> builds sure like 45 hours in i got a new combat thing I was like, this is not how this works before. Like, this is a cool new idea that all of a sudden happens now, and I love it, and it changes the way I do combat. And that happens pretty consistently throughout the game. Um, The first first 10 hours are kind of your quote-unquote tutorial, where I think after you hit 10 hours, I think you've got a good handle on Mm -hmm. 70% of the systems. But after that, every 5 to 10 hours, you get a new system, right? You learn your arts. Then all of a sudden now, okay you get this Ouroboros power where you can change into a giant-ass mech. And st- okay, well, now I've got to incorporate that. How do I use that? When do I use it? That yeah. has a kind of a gauge that fills, and 
activating at different points to different things. Okay, then I get these chain attacks. Okay, well, how do these chain attacks work? Okay, that's pausing it. What does these numbers do? How do these numbers do? How does this all work? How do I strategically use that in battle? Okay, yeah. now I've got that. Now I can incorporate my giant-ass mechs into this chain. <laughs> and as yeah, you yeah. go, just these things, it layers so well. And it does it in a way that by the time you're done with this, you have this ridiculously complex battle system that is just easy to use. Because at no point yeah. were you just overwhelmed with, here's everything, blah, go, and you're trying to figure these out. It was, I have mm. this down. How can I incorporate the new the new system, the new tactic, the new whatever into that system? And I thought that was just yeah. really, really well done. I agree with that. I think that I think it is neat. I th- I like I thought the tutorials were really really cool. They did something I'm not gonna say brave but interesting. But they would just straight up like lock you out of stuff when like they, it's like um, before they teach you how to use it, which I thought yeah. was really cool, especially in the opening. It's like you just will not have access to this thing, which I feel like a lot of games don't do. They're kind of scared to do that. But I thought that was really cool that they just like lock mm-hmm. you out of certain sections just to make sure they teach you this one thing. Um, yeah, I, I did like that the changing thing. I mean, I think the thing that I mean we haven't really talked about how the combat works uh, because it's complicated. But basically, <laughs> my issue how the combat works. Doug will explain. <laughs> is so each of your six characters have a different sort of class of like three primary major classes, which is like attacker, defender, and healer. And then you assign yep. your characters a class. And then when you fight an enemy, you essentially hit a play button and hope they do what you what you've set them up to do. <laughs> it's I, no, but basically what it is, it's just like all those characters. They're they're all your character. You're controlling one character, yep. and all the rest of the five characters are basically using whatever they're equipped with, and yep, in a way that that, that makes logical sense of like what they're doing. Um, but I just felt that I just never really knew what was going on the battlefield at the same time because my five AI compatriots have essentially the exact same powers, power level I do, and ability to change the battle as much as I do. Um, and I think that's where I was just really struggling with the with the game in general is because I was never quite sure if was my setup wrong or is just the AI being funny this one time or am I not being a good you know, one attacker or one defender or whatever I need to be doing. I, I think that's where it, it got really, I, I'm enjoying it. I, I will say I'm enjoying it. I think it's, um, but I, I think it's just hard for me to tell exactly what's going on during a battle, <laughs> which is, which, which I, which especially when it comes to JRPGs and stuff, um, I always want to know exactly what's happening um, on the, like for, like, I don't want to bring up Final Fantasy VII Remake, but it has a similar real-time <laughs> combat. But every ability, I'm choosing exactly what ability goes off. So when I lose that ability to tell people when to fire off certain things, it makes me very anxious. And I, I just, I don't know. It feels like, it feels very, it makes it kind of feel very squishy instead of very, like, precise. Yeah, and That it is. was my, yeah, yeah. It is. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> see, so again, because um, what I view it as is it's lots of gauge building. Like, okay, like, I see these yeah. gauges building. I'm watching these gauges. I'm watching my... Ouroboros gauge get up to level three. I'm watching my chain attack. I looked at it more as when am I going to implement these major systems? Because your auto attacks are jack shit. They are pointless. Those are basically yeah. just cooldowns. That's all an auto attack is, is a cooldown. In this. Yeah. So you're constantly, your character's constantly auto attack. Um, does fairly minuscule damage. I mean, there's ways to elevate that. Um, but a lot of it is positioning. A lot of it is deciding when to use your arts, which arts, how these things work. I always kind of look at it as more of a, like you brought up MMOs earlier, kind of an MMO thing where it's it like, is. I'm not yeah. going to directly control my party because I'm not them. They're going to do their own thing and I'm going to have to kind of respond to it a little bit as well. So 
I, I get the the Final Fantasy VII remake where it's like I have total control of this, whereas this is like I am focusing on my one character, and there's all this other crazy stuff going on, and I'm kind of reacting with my one character. Again, I think it's it's kind yeah. of two different philosophies on it. I, I can definitely see where if you want that tight, I mean, Final Fantasy VII remake gets almost closer to like action game than JRPG sure. in a lot of yeah. senses. Um, but I mean, most JRPGs, you are controlling what the characters are doing. <laughs> like, but I, most I, of your party are doing in a battle. Fair. But again, you have um, one of the buttons will let you set tactics to tell them what to do. Um, yeah. So you can kind of direct them that way. You are picking their specific classes. You are picking the specific arts they have. You are, you know, picking all of this stuff. Um, and again, it, there there is some inherent randomness to it. But at no point did I feel like I ever struggled. And this is another point I thought was funny. Is I was actually bringing up that I thought this game was fairly easy. And then like you kept texting me that you're like getting the shit kicked out of you. I was like, all I did is have this moment of like, now I know how all those Elden Ring assholes feel. <laughs> like Elden Ring's too easy. Elden Ring's too yeah. easy. I'm like this is fine. Like I I finished the final boss this afternoon. I did not die during the final boss fight. Like I, it's, I think it's just that, all like just- seven phases of it. I think that's just because there's so many mechanics in setting up your party, first of all. Yeah. And then there's so many mechanics that, like, are when you're actually in a fight that it feels like this is, like, there's there's, there's plenty of games that are like this that, like, they just expect you to know that genre really well. So they're, like, subverting (laughs) two or three times over. And that's where I felt like, it's like, I just play the normal JRPG, guys. I don't don't understand the third or fourth subversion you guys are doing. Um, So it felt like, yeah, so it just felt like there's just so many mechanics on both the actual fighting and the setup. And when things weren't quite working correctly, like well, this boss was doing this and I did this. So why isn't it quite working out? I couldn't. And I was like, I was, it is like, and there's so many different little subsystems in your setup of like, oh, so you much have fun. accessories, you have gems, you have your yep. class and you have your like yep. subclass. And yep. then you've got, you know, your permanent skills. And it's like, there's just so much stuff yep. that like, you're just trying to figure out like, okay, going through all these different menus, where's the thing I screwed up? Oh, okay. <laughs> Actually that guy should have that art. Um, which is, it was just, there, there is a funness to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that just because I'm not super familiar with JRPGs, just in, I'm not that I'm not, eh, am I not? That's an interesting question. I think you're, you're, um, you're, you're familiar enough. You're not like, if, they're not, they're yeah. not your, you're not playing four of these a year. Yeah. No, yes. this, this is your, this is your JRPG. <laughs> My one a year. <laughs> yeah. I, I have so, five and this year it's definitely Chronicles 3. <laughs> yeah. So again, and I think that's where it's a lot of what you're looking for because when mm-hmm. I look at combat, the things I look at are like, when am I using chain attacks? How's, so chain attacks are awesome in this. I love Those chain are attacks. Really cool. like, Those are super cool. Every roll has different things and you're getting these things and you build it up to hundred percent, but you can overclock it past hundred percent and yeah. certain characters can't end it. And then you do certain skill. It's just, it kind of completely changes the battle. Um, I love that the class system I thought is excellent. I love pretty, it. Yeah. So yeah. basically the way it works is each character, your six original ones are each one of the six. Every time you add a hero, you have the ability to inherit that class. So it'll go to one. Mm-hmm. That character has to use it enough. And then as that character uses it, the other characters become familiar with it so that yeah, they can cool. take it over. It's just a really weird way. So let's say Noah is the inheritor of it. If Noah doesn't use that skill, then nobody else can. Once yeah. he uses it for a while, everybody else will unlock it. So there's a lot of that. But it is a lot of playing with it, which I think is kind of is the fun that I had. Was It probably took me three hours to figure out, oh, a healer doesn't end a chain attack. That's what this is doing. That's cool. And it yeah. takes you some time to do that. I mean, even some of the strategies. Like Doug, Just one example, Doug was getting his ass kicked by some boss. And I was like, well, what's your party setup? He's like, well, I went 2-2-2. And it's like, well, 
why don't you go one attacker and have an extra healer in there and then you're d- yeah i think you said the next time you just like kicked its ass yeah it right? worked yeah, yeah, that's what kicked its ass. <laughs> and it, it's yeah. those things where it's just like it's understanding the systems and understanding how to play with it where it's like okay yeah i can put two attackers in here and i might be able to finish this battle a lot quicker but the chances of my survival are lower whereas if i go more defender more healer maybe just one attacker i can live forever this thing might take me 45 minutes but yeah. i'm gonna make it through this thing yeah, I mean, actually, I actually really did like playing the class system. I'm kind of in the middle of that now, and it is it is really fun, like swapping classes because like once you like level up a class, and like your character doesn't level up that class anymore, so it's it actually warns you like you should probably switch to a different class. So it yep. is fun swapping that. I think that this this though there's some really really cool mechanics. It felt like you just kept getting extra toppings on your ice cream sundae yep. when really yeah. you didn't need that many, and it, it just felt no, you like, you, like you cut out like you don't need accessories, you don't need gems. And, like, let me just play yeah. with, like, kind of cut out some of these systems. Like, let me play with, like, the kind of neat things that actually impact impact way, way more than these yep. subsystems do. Um, but that you still got to pay attention to that. So it just felt, yeah. So I think this is where it was. It just, I was never quite sure what was the most important thing. And I understand part of the game, I think, is actually figuring that out, which is something mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Like, it's like like the way you'd learn, like, you'd, the way you'd learn to get really good at a first-person shooter is just really good at understanding how all these different systems work together. Um, yeah. which I think that you found super, super fun. And I found a mix of fun and kind of frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I think there's a lot to that. And I think there's a lot of aspects that if you're not familiar with these games, I do think there's some inherentness in the, this being the fourth game in the series of just like, we kind of think you got the thing down. Sure. I think there's always some of that when you get this far into a game. So, or a series. So I do think that's there. Um, and yeah, gems, I'll be honest. I think like, I just like every five or six hours, I went and checked my gems. And I just moved on with my life. Like, I don't yeah. <laughs> Again, I, kind of got to the point where I was like, this is, I'm, I'm changing my gem from being like attack plus 20 to attack plus 25. This is not going to make, I don't yeah. need to spend 10 minutes to do this. Sorry. It's, is there is, is there a non-spoiler reason why you think this game is like just utterly amazing? I think it's pretty good. To me, it's like a very solid eight out of ten. Is that all plot to you, or um, is like everything on top of it that that that's like making you say it's like one of your favorite? Ones? It's one of those games where I think the plot is above and beyond my expectations. Just oh, okay. especially kind of the way we were talking about, like the way it subverted different ideas and the way that different things play through. Um, I think they're just. There's one moment and you're not there yet that's like an hour and 15 minute long cutscene, or at least it felt that way, that I would argue is one of the best cutscenes in video games, not to overhype okay. things, but like, so that's coming <laughs> yeah. later. Um, and I, I genuinely did have a lot of fun with the combat. Again, I think okay. I, I there are parts of it that I think are utterly useless. And yeah, like 90% of combat is Ouroboros chain attacks and a couple of certain yeah. special moves that you get here and there. But then to me, the fun became in managing those and going, okay, do I launch my chain attack or do I wait till the boss like levels my party? Because a chain attack, you're basically going to be able to get up to full health by the time you're done with it. So yeah, I, I kind of almost ignored those bottom level systems that I think are frustrating you and focused sure. on the overarching ones. So I think that kind of changed my perspective on combat. But I, I just, it's one of those games where there are some minor deficiencies Mm-hmm. but none of those impacted how much I love this game. Gotcha. The char- okay. there's not, there is not the traditional obnoxious, annoying JRPG character in here anywhere. There is That's not. <laughs> step up from two. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Whereas two, it was like, Oh, I don't need to listen to these. Okay. Um, yeah. but that's not there. The combat at no point seemed like it was overwhelming. Seemed like it wasn't 
making it just it felt perfect to me i love the plot just everything about it was so good so what's your final takeaway my final takeaway is their xenoblade chronicles is in my mind at this point on par with final fantasy and dragon quest and all of those like long-running jrpg series as a must buy no excuse (laughs) perfect jrpg franchise we are Workforce Gaming. You can follow us on Twitter at Workforce Gaming and subscribe to us wherever you're listening. See you later.